welcome to Swingman Sports. On this episode, we're going to be talking about week nine of the NFL season. I'm recording this after the day games have finished, uh, but before the night game between the Patriots and Ravens has started, so I will not have any sort of takes on that one. But without further ado, let's get into week nine of the NFL season. Okay, the first game played on Sunday was between the Texans and Jaguars out in London. And this game finished 26-3, and it was never in question. The Texans ran away with it. Um, Deshaun Watson had another phenomenal performance, as he has had uh, in pretty much every game this year, win or lose. He has played well, Um, but I think... Um, The story of this game was how well the Texans' defense played um, with losing J.J. Watt for the year. Um, That front uh, front line of the Texans got after Gardner Minshew all day, Um, and Gardner Minshew did not have a good game. Um, I'm pretty sure Gardner Minshew came into this game with, like, coming off like 11 touchdowns and one interception or and he obviously everybody knows he was playing phenomenal but uh in this game he the legend of Gardner Minshew kind of came crashing down back to reality as he uh finished with zero touchdowns two interceptions a fumble and a quarterback rating of 59.6 um just from the start of this game that Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't do a thing on offense. Um, a lot of Gardner Minshew's yards kind of came at the end when Texans are just trying to run out the clock. They're not, you know, they're basically playing prevent defense. Um, yeah, it was just a game that that really wasn't in question, and uh, there's not much really else to say besides the Texans took care of business and. Um, Deshaun Watson is doing things that nobody besides Russell Wilson is doing in the NFL right now with the way he can evade sacks and and throw the ball uh, still down the field for huge plays with massive amounts of pressure on him. It's 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 really amazing the way he's playing, and uh, I think he should be higher ranked on people's MVP. Uh, rankings than he is. Next game I want to touch on is the Bills versus the Redskins, in which the Bills came out and dominated the Redskins uh, 24-9. I don't think anybody really thought that this game was going to finish any other way besides the Bills winning handily. Um, Dwayne Haskins got his first NFL start um, and he didn't play terrible, but they couldn't finish a drive to save their lives as all they got was field goals. And um, the Bills got a monster game from Devin Singletary. Um, he had 140 total yards and a touchdown. And it seemed that every time he touched the ball, uh, he was getting 
a chunk of yards. And from that, it just made life easy for Josh Allen to to make some plays. And the Bills defense does what the Bills defense does. And, and they didn't allow the Redskins much of anything. All they did, the only thing the Bills um, gave up was they gave up a lot of rushing yards to Adrian Peterson. But, I mean, it didn't hurt them because when it came down to it, they halted every drive the Redskins had that went into uh, their territory and forced them to kick field goals. And, you know, there's not much else uh, you can say about a game that involves the Redskins other than it didn't really look like they had much of a chance from the beginning. Okay, so the next game that I want to touch on is, um, well, actually not just touch on, I I got quite a few things that uh, I want to talk about in the Bears versus the Eagles game. Um, it finished 22-14 to 14 for the Eagles, but this was a display of pretty well mediocrity all the way around. Like, I mean, the Eagles won, and they won handily, even though it was a one-possession win. It, I mean, the Bears' offense... It was worse than anything I think we've even seen out of the Miami Dolphins this year. Like, it was tragic. I mean, the first half was some of the most horrendous offense I have ever seen in an NFL game. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's halftime stats were 6 for 13 for 24 yards. I think the team's actual total yards was like nine yards at halftime uh, because of sacks. And, and, I mean, they had no running game. I mean, the second half, they got some stuff going. But, I mean, still, Mitch Trubisky uh, finished the game 10 for 25, 125 yards, and a quarterback rating of 66.6. He completed less than 50% of his passes, through for less than 150 yards. I don't know how you even do that in the NFL these days. And and the Eagles' defense had not even been playing that great. And he, like this just shows how horrendous Mitchell Trubisky is. And it is appalling that at the trade deadline, the Bears did not make a trade for a quarterback. Now, Obviously, we don't know what they may have offered and teams turned down or, or what teams said they weren't getting rid of, but there wasn't even a solid rumor on the trade deadline that the Bears were actually pursuing a quarterback, which is sad because it seems to me that they are just sticking with Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't know, after this game, I hope that they go to their backup quarterback, Chase Daniel. Because when he was in the game earlier in the season, they at least looked like they could move the ball. I mean, when Trubisky's out there, you it's like they can't even, like first downs are a struggle. I mean, Allen Robinson had one catch for six yards, I think, in this game. One catch for six yards. A guy as talented and as big of a target and is used to being targeted a bunch of times. A guy like Allen Robinson 
getting one catch for six yards. I mean, that just tells you how bad Mitch Trubisky is because if you can't at least get the ball into Allen Robinson's hands, you know, three, four, five times in a game, then you, you're, you, I don't think you're seeing the f- field at all. And then on the other side, I mean, the Eagles' offense, um, once again, just, you know, Carson Wentz didn't play bad, but, I mean, he was benefited by the fact that Jordan Howard was running the ball decently well and that, you know, that he didn't have any pressure to, to put up any points. So, I mean, they the Eagles did not play that well, but it's hard to judge when you realize that the other side of the field can't move the football, that you really don't have a lot of pressure to put up points at that, you know, when, you, when that's what you're dealing with on the other side. And, I mean, if you're the Bears and this is your offense, I, I don't even know if you win another game. I don't know how you win a football game with the way that that offense looks right now. Okay, now moving on to what might be the story of the weekend is the Jets versus the Dolphins. And the Dolphins come out with their first win of the season, 26-18. to 18. Um, You know, I don't... I don't know what much else there is to say about this game other than the fact that the Jets are worse than we think. I mean, they came out in the first half and Sam Darnold and Ryan Fitzpatrick were putting on a quote-unquote quarterback clinic even though you're playing two teams that have absolutely been struggling on defense to say the least, but they were playing near perfect quarterback until the last possession for the Jets of the first half when they had the ball inside the 20. Darnold was um, about to get sacked and he threw up the ball as he's getting dragged to the ground and it gets picked off on the goal line. And that was just a bonehead mistake. Um, and you know that carried right into the second half where that Jets offense could barely move the football uh, and, and, and just couldn't put up points at all like they looked horrendous and you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick had one of his games where he was Fitz magic I mean 288 yards three touchdowns no interceptions and a 118.8 quarterback rating in a Dolphins win and you know what you got to hand it to the Dolphins they they played well enough and now they got that monkey off their back they won the game I don't even say I you know with this win I say the Jets might be the worst team in the NFL and I know that there's a team out there the Bengals that have not won a game yet But the Jets look like a disaster. I mean, if Sam Darnold saw ghosts uh, the other week, 
and then he came out and he was playing well in this one. Well, the second half, he looked like he might have been seeing some of those same ghosts again. And, you know, that's a real problem for the Jets because they don't have a team that can still really win games without Sam Darnold playing well. They just don't. And, you know, as I said, got to hand it to the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick played great quarterback, and they won. So congratulations to the Dolphins on getting their first win of the season. Some might have thought that this game was probably the shock of the weekend, uh, that being the Packers and Chargers, with the Chargers winning 26-11, to and the Packers' offense um, looking similar to that of what we've seen from the Jets or the Dolphins for most of this year. Uh, they did nothing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw for, I think he had 25 completions for like 160 yards, which if you break that down, that's not very much per attempt or per completion, which is for an offense that looked, and this is a game, might I add, that they got Darvin Adams back. Um, and it was non-existent. They didn't run the ball. They didn't pass the ball. They could, couldn't get first downs, and the Chargers, give them credit, they played phenomenal defense, and they played well enough on offense to, to win the game, and, you know, when you're the Chargers struggling and you can come out and I think I can say that this is probably the first time all year the Chargers have actually played a full 60-minute game on both sides of the ball. They actually played good defense from start to finish and their offense played consistently good enough from start to finish. And they got it done. And that's a major reality check for the Packers who were on a roll and their offense was clicking, and you know Aaron Rodgers was having fun. Matt Lafleur was having fun. Um, looked like they could do no wrong, and then they come out here, and their offense pretty much did nothing. And you know, I think now they got to go back to the drawing board and think that you know I don't know what happened. Maybe they took their foot off the pedal. Maybe they, you know thought they could just do what they've been doing and it'll work and didn't think that the Chargers were going to scheme up something to stop them. But, hey, two teams came to the field. Uh, only one looked like they were trying to play football. And, and the Chargers won, and they won handily. The last game that I want to talk about uh, from Sunday afternoon is that Browns-Broncos game. And I think if you weren't on the the wagon of saying that the Browns were turning into a dumpster fire, um, you are now after watching them lose to a guy making his first career, not only his first career NFL start, he threw his first career NFL pass in this game and he outplayed Baker Mayfield the Broncos outplayed the Browns and the Browns O-line continues to be bad um, Baker Mayfield continues to 
not see the field. Um, at the end of that game, there was a play where he threw it short. I'm not sure who he threw it to, but it was a short play. And if he had looked, Odo Beckham Jr. had a step, a step and a half on the defender, and there was no one over the top, and that might have been a touchdown to win the game. Instead, he threw it short, and they don't even they didn't even get the first down, and that was the game. And I'll give credit to the Broncos. Um, it was another close game, and this time they pulled it out. And that that rookie uh, Allen, he he looked like he can play a bit of football, and they can. You know, everybody knows that the Broncos, you know, record is not entirely uh, indicative of how they've played, being that they've lost a couple games. Uh, inside the last 30 seconds. Um, and if they don't, you know, do that, I, th- I think their record was like five and three if they would have, if some of those last second games would have went the other way, which is, then they win today, you know, they're, so if you're a Broncos fan, you are happy with that. And if you are a Browns fan, you are, it is time to hit the full scale panic button. Because you are now two and six. Like if you run the table, you're going ten and six. And when you came into the season, if they told you going ten and six, I think that a lot of people in the Browns camp and Browns fans would have been disappointed with a ten and six with the amount of hype. And now they gotta run the table to get ten and six. And the way they're playing they look like a 5 and 11 team. They don't look like, you know, they're going to strike fear into anybody. And the problem is they have not figured out the fact that Nick Chubb needs the ball. Nick Chubb is the best player. I don't care if you have Odell Beckham Jr as a wide receiver and you have Jarvis Landry and you have Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb is the most productive player on the field, on the offense, for the Browns, and he is not getting the ball enough. He was leading the NFL in yards per carry coming into this game, and yet they are not utilizing him uh, enough, and they just are getting pass-happy in with an O-line that can't pass-protect. It's just... You know, it's it's a coaching mistake, and, and, and Baker Mayfield is making mistakes under pressure. But Freddie Kitchens and and that team, they're not, you know, designing a game plan uh, based on who's being productive. They're they're designing a game plan like this is still the off season, and they just got Odell Beckham Jr. and and they're going to be a passing onslaught when they're not, and they're still calling all these pass plays and and whatever and Nick Chubb's getting 20 rushes a game. He needs to be touched 30 rushes a game. He's the only guy who's moving the ball for them consistently. And they they still have not figured that out and you know, they're going to keep losing and and games like this Denver one are going to continue to happen. Okay, to end off this episode of week 9 in the NFL season. We are going to do a notable performances uh, list. It is going to be my top five uh, 
most impressive performances of week nine um, through Thursday through Sunday afternoon. Um, this is in no particular order of who I think performed the best, uh, but here are my five performances that I thought were outstanding. And uh, the first one is going to be Tyler Lockett. Um, 13 receptions, 152 yards, two touchdown passes, and he just continues to show that he deserves much more respect as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And him and Russell Wilson are just on another level as far as their connection on uh, you know, throwing and catching. It's just it's a treat to watch. Okay, the second one is going to be Noah Fant for the Broncos. Three receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown came on a 75-yard catch and run, which was just amazing, uh, amazing run. You know, great athleticism, great athleticism from a tight end, and uh, he just had a breakout performance. And I think after they got rid of uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I think a lot of people thought that those targets were going to go to Noah Fant, and although he only had three receptions, the 114 yards and a touchdown, you know, he proved that he is a weapon. And um, if he can continue that, hey, you know, watch out. Okay, the third um, performance would be Kenyon Drake from Thursday night, uh, his first game with the Arizona Cardinals, and he had 162 total yards and a touchdown. By far his best game uh, of the year, and he looked just awesome out there. Um, that Cardinals offense looked like they were clicking. Um, you know, he fit in like a glove. Uh, he was what, you know, after they had those injuries to David Johnson and uh, Chase Edwards or Edmonds, Edwards or Edmonds, um, you know, they they were in desperate need of a running back, and they went out and got Drake, who was not having a great year. But, you know, people were unsure. Was that his regression? Was that being on the Dolphins? Um, I think he proved that that was indeed being on the Dolphins because he looked spectacular on Thursday night. Okay, the fourth performance uh, would be Mike Evans. 12 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown in that thriller game against the Seahawks. Um, Tampa Bay came up short, but Mike Evans, again, the guy is a machine. You know, he's got not the greatest quarterbacks through his entire career, yet he still puts up monster numbers. And once again, he looked unstoppable out there. Yeah. It was just, he's just a great performance in that game with uh, Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett both having 12 and 13 catches respectively and over 150 yards each. It was just a treat to watch for the wide receiver position. And then sticking with that same uh, that same game between Tampa and Seattle, uh, the fifth performance will be Russell Wilson. No shocker here. 378 passing yards. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. Just an utterly amazing performance. Again, 
showing us why he should be the MVP. Um, a lot of guys, you know, with Aaron Rodgers having the surge, but having that uninspired performance today, um, you know, Christian McCafferty, there's another guy who would be an honorable mention, absolute great performance, but he's put on a clinic every week. Um, not that Russell Wilson hasn't, but, you know, Russell Wilson, every time we start to question this season, eh, maybe somebody else deserves a little more credit for being the MVP than Russell. Nope. Comes out with another performance. As I said, 378 passing yards, five touchdowns, and an overtime win uh, in a shootout game. Just, just phenomenal. That'll do it for this episode of Swingman Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and make sure to follow me on Twitter at Swingman Sports, and we'll catch you next time with another episode of Swingman Sports.